Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we're back with Tom Foster, Director of Sales, who talks with us about how you can take an infinite-minded approach to a sales department. We talk about what it means to be an infinite company, what this looks like when it comes to the sales department, and what that also means for traditional measures of success and how we're approaching those measures and numbers now. He also lets us in on his and his sales team's initial reactions to this shift and provides tips for listeners who like what they hear. Enjoy the episode. Well, Tom, I'm excited to have you back on the podcast. How are you? Good, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Okay, so we are talking about being an infinite game-minded company. Now, before we dig into what this means for us, in case our listeners haven't heard some of our most recent episodes, can you share just a little bit about what this concept means? And I say a little bit, Tom, because I know you have a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) I love this topic. Um, So yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, years ago, James Karst wrote a book about infinite versus finite game and what that is. And then Simon Sinek has recently brought it up. And it's all about creating a new way of thinking. In a nutshell, I'll give you some examples. A finite game, the purpose is winning. So for example, a baseball game, there's a finite set of rules you can win. In business, you really can't. Like it's continuing, it's perpetual. So the purpose of an infinite game is to continue playing. In a finite game, it's externally defined rules. In a infinite game, it's internally. So a finite game, you basically, the winner gets the title. In an infinite game, the to win, you get to continue to play. Finite-minded businesses strategize to win. Infinite businesses strategize to continue to play. So with a finite game, basically, you're spending your time. And with an infinite game, you're creating additional time. Because uh, I guess in an, I just said this, but in a nutshell, <laughs> it's to continue the, the perpetuation of your business and your message. And I think that really starts with uh, first of all, your why, creating a why for your company, which we had the, as a leadership team. Our leadership team is uh, Andy Alsop, our CEO, um, Dylan Barry, our director of engineering, uh, Jessica Marshall, our director of customer experience, and Michael Ashford, our director of marketing, is to go in and create a company why. So we did that. It was a very, I want to say one of the most feel-good meetings ever. <laughs> it was pretty cool. But Our why is to build a company that operates with compassion, lives with integrity, and fosters strong human connections. That's the first step. Once that came out, then we created our just cause, which is really where we get into the next part, which I think is why we're we're so adamant about doing this and having this, um, is because creating a just cause is like your purpose. That's your reason for being. And this should be bigger than you. Um, So if any listeners have never read Simon Sinek's book, (laughs) maybe start there. Yeah. Yeah. Now this can be seen as a really bold mindset just in general. And then when we get into sales, which is typically driven by revenue and numbers, and very specific stats, um, it can be a big shift. So how did this concept resonate for you when you first heard it? Uh, For those of you watching, just saw my face. I was scared. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's just be real. I mean, I've been in uh, sales for at least five years, right? The gray beard will show that. But 
I was a little bit apprehensive. Uh, I love Simon Sinek. I read the books before I actually started here um, at the receptionist, but I don't know. It, for me, it was one of those situations where I love what Simon Sinek teaches, but since I started reading all of the information and I really wanted to figure out how do you do this in a sales environment? Because it talks about it from a company standpoint, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper. And that's what we're actually doing as a company is diving in a little bit deeper into how do we make our just cause carry throughout the organization? So our just cause as a company is to build a world where a company's profits fuel the mission to be in service to its employees and the community. And when I first started bringing this up to the sales team, they're like, wait, what? We don't have goals? Wait, wait, huh? Because typically in a sales department, your compensation is based on numbers. You hit this number, you hit that number, you get this. It's trading this for that in a nutshell. But when you look at this from a finite mindset, Think it started making me think of uh, the airplane analogy or sailboat analogy. You know, if an airplane is going to go from New York to LA, it doesn't just go from New York to LA. It makes all these little turns and it's constantly adjusting. And it seems almost like as I open the discussion with the sales team, that goals are dictated to you. They're told to you. Here's what you're going to do, whether or not that excites you or not. And then that creates a lot of anxiety. That creates a lot of I'll say toxic sales teams. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the win at all costs mentality. Like I need to have this sale because I got to hit my number because I got it. And when you're playing a finite game, it's all about winning. And there is no winning in business. Business should continue and continue to grow. So I would say it started with apprehension and, and afraidness, scaredness, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and it's ended with a lot of confidence and excitement on how do we, how do we take this to the next level and create this for our sales team? Yeah. And you started to touch on this, but, and I know this is new and we don't have all the answers and we're figuring it out, but can you talk a little bit more about sort of how this mindset is being woven into the sales department and how that's currently showing up practically? I mean, are we tossing out goals and numbers entirely? You know, where are we at on that? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's being weaved into everything. And as a leader, my job is not to be in charge. It's to help those I'm put in charge, you know, that are in my charge, I should say. So it's led to a lot of vulnerability. To be able to look at a sales team and say, hey, look, I don't have all the answers, but we're going to get there. You know, we just went through a massive pandemic that uh, when you talk about numbers and what are you going to do, that all got thrown on the window and we had absolutely nothing to do with it. But what that did allow us to do was see what is it like to operate without those just call them dictated goals. And we were able to, as a team, come together and achieve things. Like we grew our top line revenue incredibly in the middle of a pandemic. But all of that, all that stuff is all because we have vulnerability within our team. And you can't say that to your team if you don't have trust. You have to have trusting teammates. Um, they have to believe with everything in their heart that you have their best interest at heart and that their furthering of their career is, is at heart. I mean, let's face it, Sarah, we all want autonomy. Yeah. Like we all want to be in charge of our destiny. We all want to, we want them to lead their own job as opposed to it being dictated to. So the pandemic has actually helped in this endeavor of becoming an infinite company. Right. And all of our, our team members, I think we all feel very similarly about the type of company that we want to work in and how we feel about what we do and, and why we work so hard. 
but I bet a lot of people are sitting there thinking, but you're in sales. <laughs> what, what are you measuring? How are you going to keep track of people? And again, we're not worried about lazy team members. We know people want to do their job, but how do you think we're going to measure or look at progress or what, what will we be focusing on rather than those traditional metrics? Can you get more specific for our listeners? I can. And some of you that are listening to this are probably going, wait a minute, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Right. Is this a kumbaya moment? But it's true. We are sales. It's numbers based. It's numbers driven. But when you stop and look at the differences, and this is just a terminology thing. When you stop and look at a goal, you know, a goal, uh, I had a meeting with my sales team in, in a sales strategy meeting. And I said, okay, what does the word goal mean to you? And things like dictated to a number, pressure, blah, all these things. And so we, Delin, our director of engineering was like, why don't we call them aspirations? And I was like, whoa, so aspirations are the big, you know, the, the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. That's our aspiration, which is right in line with our just cause to build a world, not just a company or not just a product, but a world um, where, where companies profits fuel the, the, everything. But then we look at it from a, a little more granular standpoint and come down a little bit is how does a sales team Go from, to use the airplane, go from New York to LA without a map. Well, you really can't. So you have to have a target of where you're going to go. And a target really isn't just another word for a goal. A target is something that, let's say you're, um, I don't shoot, but let's say you shoot a gun. and You're trying to aim at a target uh, and you miss the first one. Do you wait till you empty the whole clip before you adjust or do you make an adjustment as you go? I think that's part of Simon Sinek's um, teachings were, about having an open playbook and having the ability to move on the fly. So to answer the question, yes, we still have metrics, metrics that the sales team brings to the leadership team, as opposed to the leadership team saying, hey, you're going to do this. You need to sell this, blah, blah, blah. And what that does is that creates metrics that they're actually excited about. And it may not be a sales number. It may be one sales team member. Definitely. It's about the number. Another one is like, how many positive interactions can I get today? Because we realize, and if we stop and look at this from a finite mindset instead of a, or sorry, from an infinite mindset instead of a finite mindset, is that it's going to go on forever. It's perpetuating. So the little interactions that I have today will lead to the things that I really want from a sales perspective, which is a new locations and new growth but I'm not focusing on the win at all costs, do what I have to do to get the sale today. It's about building and developing that relationship. Right, so. yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Now, I know you said when you first heard this, even though you were familiar with Simon Sinek's work, you felt a little scared, Yeah. Uh, especially being in sales. Can you share with us, how has this been for the rest of the sales team to take on? Um, we've had some very intimate, deep, uh, vulnerable moments in a nutshell. It's led to a much bigger conversation of what have goals meant to you in the future? Like we all have those stories where the sales manager, you've seen books like, or read, seen movies like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where, you know, coffee's for closers and all this junk. But it, it, it leads to a bigger conversation about what is a goal? If a goal is dictated to you, do you own it? No. How many of your experiences have been made bad by having a goal that you really didn't believe in? And it was just what somebody else said. So I think what it's done is it's it, after the initial shock of, okay, we have a weekly sales and marketing meeting and there's numbers on there. And there used to be like your target or your goal. You, your goal is this. And now it's an infinite symbol. 
And that infinite symbol doesn't mean that everybody's sitting at home, you know, eating bonbons. It means everybody, if you have the right team in front of you, they're going to do what they do because they're passionate about your just cause. They're passionate about what your company's message is. They're very passionate about what you do. And they understand that you have their best interest at heart. So I would say it has, it's still a work in progress. Um, we've been talking about it for the last quarter about how to do this. Um, we're going to culminate this with a meeting coming up in, in uh, July uh, about, hey, what metrics kind of gets you excited? You know, what is it that makes you feel good? You know, maybe if you're in a BDR, um, it's because I, I love to make phone calls. But maybe if you're an AE, it's just because I want to make a positive interaction or three a day, whatever it may be. Yeah. Something that, that stood out to me, as you mentioned, kind of you're shifting from that number to that infinite sign is another challenge with goals is you see the number and you hit it and you're inclined to stop because you met your goal right? Versus if it's that infinite symbol, you're like, well, I'm just going to keep going. And you may far exceed what you thought you could if the goal is just to continue on and perpetuate. You're hitting it. You never, you, you it's a self-imposed limitation. Right. Like what could you have done if you weren't shooting for this? Because what's the old adage? If you want to, if you want to reach the moon, you shoot for the stars. So yes. if you fall short, you still land on the moon. That's very finite thinking, but it's also got a little bit of infinite in there. It's like, I'm going to go all the way out there. But there is, you're exactly correct. It does put a little bit of a self-imposing because you're like, okay, my goal is X and I'm like one away. All right. And I still have two weeks left. So, ah, you know what? It's cool. Uh, but if you have an infinite mindset, you're like, I know that my numbers for a month aren't the, the metric that I my my personal worth is based off of. That is just what happened in that period of time that was on a calendar. My worth is how I continue to grow and how I continue to build that. So very good point. Very good. And I love too what you're saying is that it's not just about the numbers. It's how you feel about them. Because I think that also gets lost in sales too. It's, it's, it's about hitting these numbers, but it's not about the person and, and what they want to do. So I think the shift is also there too, not just in how we're measuring, but how the people are involved and how they feel about their work during this shift as well. It's, it's kind of odd. We just, we just got out of a leadership meeting just before this. And we were talking about how some folks, like they set their own goals and other people just like goals kind of dictated to them. And they're, that's okay. <laughs> like That's okay. But at the same time, in sales, we're specifically basically trained that it's all financial incentive. You achieve something, you get something. You achieve, you get. You achieve, you get. You achieve, you get. And that's why a lot of people get into sales versus um, it's like an hourly thing is that there's never enough time to trade for money. Whereas if you get into achieving, but when you look at financial incentives, that's been the, that's been a big challenge. Like, how does this affect me? Because that was one of the first questions. Wait, so does that mean there's no more bonuses based on right. performance numbers? Like, no, that's not it. And it's a bigger holistic conversation about long-term. And as much as we all, even myself included, Think we think long term when you start really diving into an infinite game and thinking about how will this perpetuate beyond me? Or if so let's say a team member wants to move on to another position to at another company, how can what how can my influence today influence how they take our message on to the next place? And there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. And that's the difference between playing a finite game and an infinite. In an infinite game, you want everybody to succeed. Finite, you just want to win. Oh, I got to win today. Right. 
yeah, be, be the last one standing. Exactly. <laughs> so now you mentioned one of the challenges and I could absolutely see this, right? A sales team hears this and they think, well, if we don't have numbers, do we have incentives and what goes on there? So have there been other challenges that have come up related to sales as we work through to really be this infinite game-minded company or challenges that you anticipate your team facing? Uh, skepticism. That's the first thing. Uh, why are you saying this? What What's the reason you're doing this? Well, wait, what are you really trying to get at? <laughs> because it, let's just be honest, in sales, a lot of times um, we've worked in companies where our compensation plans have been changed and it was never in our favor as the salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> it was always in the company's favor. And there's a lot of bias that goes into that. Um, but once you break through and you have those trusting teams and they understand that you do have that best interest, interest, sorry, at heart, it does go away. It becomes an actual conversation about things that excite you. And it becomes, this, it's, it's a safe space. I think if anybody's listening to this and they want to do an infinite game or create a company that's going to be infinite, the first thing you got to work on is creating a safe space for your individuals. And you don't give up on them. You really work hard to help what their goals are have their goals, find out what their goals and their needs are. Um, and then how do those goals fit into what we're doing? And how do those match together? And it's getting easier. We are not quite there yet because heck, none of us know any of this, you know, and that's pretty vulnerable to say. <laughs> right. And one thing I will point out that Andy said on the episode before this, where he got into the just cause is that, you know, we are still a company that wants to make money and make profits. But what is that in service of? It's in service of furthering this just cause. So I think that would also likely um, feel good for a sales team as well, right? Like we're still trying to grow and oh, yeah. to be profitable. It's just a mind shift of, of how do we get there and what is this in service of? That's exactly correct. And not, nobody just like, oh, we don't have goals anymore. Okay. I'm going to do one. No. That's, yeah. It's actually making people work a little bit harder because they all have that same mindset you brought up a moment ago is like, what can I achieve? Right. It's, and that's the part that I, I think I found most like surprising about this is that even I felt that like, whoa, when there isn't a goal, it makes you expand how you think and what you're going to do to get that. But you do it in the right way. You know, you build that in the right way. You build relationships and you count on building relationships instead of gaining numbers because relationships are everything. That's what will help you know, our, our we have so many reviews in G2 and Capterra and all this simply because of the way that we've built relationships. Every member of our team builds relationships with uh, the customers. And that, I think, gives you that freedom also in an infant game to say no to people. Like, you know what? You're really not a good fit. It's weird. And from a sales perspective, it's one of the hardest things to be like, no, they're just not a good fit. But once you get that in your mind, you stop trying to put a what is the a round peg into a square hole or vice versa? Square, pe square peg into a round hole. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm super eloquent today. <laughs> That's okay. I like it. It's you, Tom. So, I mean, this is this is definitely a big shift. Yeah. No matter what way you look at it. And for I think it to really be as big as it needs to be, it needs to come from the top down. This came from Andy and into the leadership team and, and is filtering into the rest of the company. But if someone in a sales department is listening to this today and likes what they've heard, do you have any advice or tips on how to apply these ideas, even if the company itself may not have the, the goal to shift to an infinite company? 
that's yes, you're actually hitting hitting something pretty good here is because you can actually play an infinite game inside a finite game, but you can't play a finite game or sorry. Yeah, that vice versa. The reason I say that is because just how you feel, if you like what you're hearing and you're the kind of person who's like, I want to live infinitely. And I want I want to look at this. Just do it. And what happens is, is your results will speak for themselves because you're focused on the things that excite you, the metrics, whatever you want to call it, that really excite you. And that leads to the thing that we all look at in business, more sales, more numbers, higher revenues, all the things that we look for because we're, we're focused on the, the organic part of this, the part of it that is our, our just cause. It's the part that really we defend no matter what and make your decisions around that. So I would say first, read the books. Second, read the books. <laughs> read it more than once because you won't get it the first time. But then have an open conversation with your managers. Have an open conversation with your team about what you feel and what you're seeing. I, that would be my way to start this. Um, start with yourself. Start thinking about what your why is. Why are you doing what you do? Like, what is the thing that pushes you? So Sarah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll leave you with my personal why. My personal why is to lead with passion and empathy while creating new growth experiences for those I have the opportunity to serve. Pursue everything with a childlike curiosity while maintaining my relatability and humility. Continually work to talk softly, because I kind of get loud, um, and listen attentively as I consistently follow through in every aspect of this journey. And that's why I do what I do. And it fits in with the people that I have the opportunity to serve. So if you want to be a leader in this, start with your why, build your just cause, and then go talk to some more people. Become the evangelist that, uh, I don't know, feels, feels kind of kumbaya, but be the evangelist for good, for change. Like, yeah, it's infinite. It just keeps going. Nothing better than leaving a legacy. Um, and that's really what we're trying to build here at The Receptionist. Absolutely. Well, Tom, thank you so much for helping our listeners dig into it more and seeing how this fits in to, it's almost like that square peg into the round hole. It feels like that, that can't make sense in sales, but it absolutely does. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Remember that change starts with you. So grab Simon Sinek's book and think more about your why. And if you want to see a recording of today's podcast with Tom back in the studio, visit us at thereceptionist.com.